You're listening to Smashing 50, the health, fitness and personal development podcast for middle-aged men. Hey, this is Mike here from Smashing 50. That's a funky new uh, intro track we've got there. I hope it's not too much for you. Uh, I'm here with another Smashing 50 podcast and today I'm with Anthony Walsh. Now, Anthony is a former pro cyclist, a qualified lawyer a podcast host at Roadman Cycling and he offers cycling coaching at uh, roadmancycling.com and amongst other things today we're going to be talking about the importance of having a life vision, the big domino, cold water therapy, why you should never give up, give up on, your, on following your dreams and I'm uh, very excited to be speaking to Anthony today. Did I get all of that right Anthony? That's it, you nailed it in one Mike. Mike, thanks for having me on the podcast. You're very welcome. So um, I was intrigued to have you on the the podcast after we connected. Um, I'm listening to your story uh, through your YouTube channel. So uh, can you just give us a little bit of an overview and a summary of of your cycling history and your passion for cycling? Yeah, of course. First, Mike, big fan of, I know, we connected and since then, I kind of went down to rabbit hole and checking out a lot of your podcasts. I think what you're doing is it's very valuable and, you know, Good work and keep it keep it burning, as they say. Thanks very much. Uh, so I suppose I came into cycling in a strange direction. I went through. I was a soccer player. I got up to sort of playing professional in Ireland, whatever that means. It's or we have. <laughs> it's like being a professional soccer player in like Uganda. Yeah. Like it's not a professional <laughs> soccer player. Uh, so I got to a decent level in that, and I kind of had a choice between going to university or continuing football. So went to university and I took up cycling through university and kind of progressed slowly enough. And I came out the back of finishing law school and I was starting to get quite good. I was getting picked on Irish national teams mm-hmm. and I come from a fairly middle-class family and I went to law school. I'm not sure if it's the same in the UK or wherever you're listening to this podcast, but in Ireland, law school is a very upper-class pursuit. And I think I was the only kind of middle-class person in the class and everybody was talking about very upper-class things like gap years and traveling. And I was like, I've got a big ass loan. I'm not <laughs> like, there's no gap year happening here. Yeah. And then a French team actually asked me what I come and ride for them the following year in France. And mm-hmm. I'm making the princely sum of 50 euro a week. And you know what? It, it turns it's out as well. Week you can't buy all your food for a week with 50 euro. Like you think you can, but you can't. No, no. <laughs> so you only, you only find that out as well because I lived at my parents. And so like week one, I was down to the butcher, buying myself a T-bone steak, lived like a king until about Tuesday. And then you're like, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I know, I know what, what all that's about. I remember living on the, uh, on the dole when I was about 19 and getting my 30 pounds a week whatever it was, and uh, living on tinned Irish stew. <laughs> rock and roll. That, that was the rock and roll days, yeah, yeah. So, so I went from France and I got a con. So it was only ever meant to be. I'm always one year away from going back to law, or at least that's what I tell my mother to console her. Yeah. So I went to France initially for one year for a gap year, and I progressed quite well in France and got offered a pro contract over in the US, and I made some money for riding my bike. We're not talking pre- crazy premiership salaries here. We're talking minimum wage. Yeah. Like can't, you're getting the bus places. You're not like a baller whatsoever. <clears throat> but it was there that I kind of started figuring out that I have some big ass law school loans. I'm not making enough money cycling to pay these law school loans. So I need to figure out another way. And I had a lot of time on my hands. 
and an internet connection. So I became sort of an entrepreneur of necessity. And I set up uh, the first iteration of our coaching company, which was called A1 Coaching then. I just started coaching guys online and saying to them, look, I made a lot of mistakes when I was starting. Yeah, you, you don't need to make these mistakes because I've made them already and I can navigate you around those. I love it. To, we spoke briefly about Tony Robbins off air and he has a great quote about success leaves clues. And I love that idea. So I tried to you know, teach that to my pupils, for want of a better word. And so you're in the US and, and then um, what happened then? Did you, you're getting on to like 2014 and, and so you, you're kind of living the dream, but you're not really making any money. And so what kind of happened to the dream yeah, I suppose I actually had a moment when I was getting the bus from Toronto to Detroit and you just triggered it there when you said living the dream. I got a text from a buddy who actually got me into cycling, an old school teacher, and he just texted me living the dream, pal. And I was on a bus and I was crammed between two like fat Americans on the bus. They were like sweating all over me. <laughs> like, and I was like six hours into like a 16 hour bus ride to go and do a one hour race. And I was just like, you know what, this isn't my dream. It's someone else's dream. And I got off the bus in the middle of nowhere. And I called my girlfriend at the time in Toronto. And I was like, look, just come pick me up. Like I'm in the middle of nowhere. I'm done with pro cycling. This is, it's not my dream. Yeah. And it, it was just, it didn't make sense to me. It was so much hardship. It was so much travel and it was so dangerous. I'd had some bad crashes, like the payoff and the chance of me stepping up. I was what they call like a division three pro. And when you look at Tour de France guys, they're division one professionals. So yeah. I was very much like bottom rung and yeah, just, it wasn't my dream. And I was starting to get a little bit of traction with the cycling coaching company. And I was starting to enjoy helping people a little bit more than I was starting to enjoy progressing myself. So I said, you know what, it's time to step back from pro cycling and mm -hmm. start making an impact on other people. And, that's really was the crux of the decision to step away. Mm -hmm. So you, you came back to, to Ireland and, and set up a, a cafe and stuff like that. Is, is that around that time? Yeah, I suppose. So initially the coaching company was great and I had this amazing lifestyle business. I was riding my bike in the mornings, almost like a retired life that people picture. I'd get up in the morning, ride my bike in the hills here outside Dublin, come home and I'd work for a few hours on my lifestyle business and I was lucky enough the Team Sky launched in the UK at around this time. So cycling blew up yeah. and I was positioned as one of the only professional coaching companies. And we went from like 10 clients starting out to a thousand clients, like really fast. The company scaled huge. But I suppose it's the nature of the athletes. You always want to progress. You always want more. You always want more. And I took that attitude into business and I thought, you know what? I need more. I, I like, I want to be this entrepreneur now. So I tried to build an app and we went down the VC route in Silicon Valley and bought a cafe, set up a media company, built an event pre-registration platform. And I was just so busy, but I, it, during all that, what started slowly happening was I started eroding all my spare time. I started eroding this lovely lifestyle I built myself. I took my eye off the coaching company, but I gradually just started to become a little less happy, if I'm honest. Yeah. And that's actually quite hard to say. But of course, like as we all kind of get middle aged it, at the same time, it's it's all of those things that start to happen, isn't it? When you take the eye, you take your eye off yourself really because you're 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 so busy with with all the other things you know trying to get to the next level professionally trying to make more money trying to build a better life 
and you know who you become in in those times and and you were saying in your youtube video that was kind of the time as well that you started to put on some weight and and you know be a bit of a shit person as you as you put so uh, so nicely in the film yeah i was absolutely miserable but i think as on top of being miserable i was delusional and i know this will probably resonate with a lot of your listeners i was just afraid to get that reality check like i didn't want to stand on the wane scales and i'd convinced myself that like my t-shirts had shrunk in the wash like, yeah. they, they hadn't shrunk in the wash let's be honest but I, I had a moment of realization i went to a, a race a local race and it was a three-day event and I went on the first day and I hadn't been training. I hadn't been, uh, I wasn't the proper race weight and cycling is a sport, you know, so predicated on being at very light. And I went to the race completely delusional, thinking I could win, thinking I was back when I was training full time. And I got there and I just got humiliated. I got like last group on the road, barely finished day one. I made an excuse to my teammates that I was injured. And so I couldn't do the second and third day. And I drove home and I remember just like crying in the car on the way home because I was like, firstly, I'm completely failing in cycling. But I also had this moment then where I was like, not only am I close to quitting cycling here, I'm actually close to walking away and losing sight of the vision that I have for my own life. Mm -hmm. And I never pictured myself going towards middle age as a fat dude who owned a cafe and ran some borderline successful companies in media and stuff so i just had this complete moment where i thought i don't like the direction my life has gone and my dad always suffered with weight growing up he had an accident and he lost one of his toes and that was when i was young and he had weight issues all through life and i seen the limitations he had because of those weight issues in his mm -hmm. lifestyle and i never wanted those and that's really i never got into cycling to be a professional cyclist I got into cycling, if I'm honest, to never have that lifestyle limitation to be healthy and fit. Yeah. Cycling was just a tool. It could have been running. It could have been climbing, you know. Yeah. But I was just so close to giving up on this myself. And I just had to press pause on everything. And I had some good people around me, some good mentors. And uh, one mentor in particular just advised me, said, just press pause on everything. And so I sold the cafe. I sold the media company, pressed pause on the coaching company. And I literally done nothing for six months. And I went traveling, reading, journaling, just to figure out what the next step was. Mm -hmm. And tell me, like, when you're talking about having your, your life vision and things like that, when because I think the importance of having a life vision is, uh, you know, something that's fairly new to me since I've started this journey myself. But I think it's something that a lot of people don't have. But I think it's something that is absolutely imperative if you want to actually, if you know, if you don't know where you're going, how are you going to get there? Yeah. So, like, wh where did where did this idea come from of having a life vision? Was that something that was instilled to you when you were very young, or? Well, I suppose it's it's something that comes very natural as an athlete because you're always targeting the next event. You're always looking at, you know, where you would like to be in two years and three years. So it always made quite a lot of intuitive sense to take that same planning. You know, anyone that has a business uh, listening to the podcast will be familiar with the ideas of KPIs, key performance indicators. Exactly, so, yeah. so you know, you're going in the right direction. And I've always had that sort of for my life as well. And what's very hard and what, is a huge mental health problem for people is when you don't act or feel like you're moving towards your vision like if you see yourself as an athlete that's your vision for your life but all of a sudden you're a fat guy 
like that that plays mental havoc that separation between how you see yourself and how you are that reminds me of a of a a quote by by gandhi mahatma gandhi who said that um happiness is when what you think what you say and what you do are all in harmony i I think so many people don't I need speaking of quotes, I think it was a Nietzsche quote, something like along the lines of a lot of man's problems are from their inability to sit quietly in a room on their own. And I think what I take from that is we're so busy and we're going in so many different directions that the vision we actually have for ourselves, it becomes a vision we've inherited from someone else. It's a vision that our parents had for us. It's a yeah. vision that school had for us or you know, the area we live in, there's a certain pressure to be an accountant. There's a certain pressure to be because the neighbor's an accountant. And you just end up by not sitting quietly in a room by yourself and deciding what your vision is, your omission and not making a decision at this point. You end up just inheriting someone else's vision. Mm -hmm. And it's why we see just huge, huge numbers. I know here in Ireland at the moment, uh, like everywhere the, the pandemic is you know in full grips but i've seen a statistic in one small part of ireland in the last months it's a tiny population i would say it's five six thousand in this area galway and they had 26 suicides in the month of august and zero covid deaths you know oh, the, the, these sort of statistics are unacceptable and I, i'm not saying it's all due to lack of a vision but you know the saying goes without a vision the kingdom perishes there's, there's something that you talked about in your YouTube video that I really liked, and it's your big domino. Now I've never heard of this before. So you got to this point where you know you 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 know you're you've come out of your cycling cycling. You, you're selling everything. You're you've gone traveling. You're trying to find your next big move, and you find you discover this thing, this concept about the big domino. Yeah, so, so this came from, I was at a talk uh, a number of years back in Toronto and Tim Ferriss gave the keynote speech, Tim Ferriss, a podcaster for our work week fame. And he had this concept called the big domino. And I just thought at the time, this is absolutely brilliant. And I didn't action it at the time, but it's the idea of pressing pause, stepping back and asking yourself, like, what's the one problem that if I could solve this problem, all other problems around me become insignificant? Or they just they fail to matter anymore. So what's the big domino that can create this momentum in every other part of your life? So like the game dominoes, you just need to tip that first one and the rest of them will fall down. So that's actually what I done. I went off searching for what's the one big thing for me that will solve all my life problems. Like so I'm not looking for a dietary solution. I'm a bit fat at the moment, but I'm not looking for a dietary solution. I'm a bit unhappy at the moment, but I'm not looking for a happiness solution. I'm looking for one solution to encompass everything. And I kind of reverted back to, you know, I was always quite academic in school and through law school. And I reverted back to that. I defaulted to that because at every point in my life, what got me something good in my life was putting my head down and putting in the hard work. And I always come out the other side and it worked out well for me. So I defaulted to that and I went researching and I traveled the world and went to seminars and spent time, you know, across Asia, you know, into China, America, all over Europe and chatted with amazing people, went to amazing courses, read amazing books. And I figured out that for me, cycling was such an important part of my life. And, you know, for someone listening, maybe it's running, maybe it's swimming, maybe it's skiing, but for me, it was cycling. And so the big domino I had is, how do I use cycling as a tool to increase my health, my happiness, and my longevity? Mm-hmm. And I thought, if I can answer that one question, that fixes every other problem in my life. 
And so that's what I done. I took that one question and I researched it at nauseum until I found an answer. And that's what I've built the coaching company on now. So that's what we help, you know, athletes, you know, really 35 to 55 is kind of our sweet spot. We're helping athletes yeah. as they're approaching midlife. And we help them to do this using cycling as a tool for health, happiness and longevity. I love that. That's such a, a nice, solid kind of single concept and vision, isn't it? That you can imagine just trying to find that one thing that will help all your other problems dissipate really like that yeah when i dug into it this the key thing that i found was it was one study that actually sent me you know much like we end up going on a youtube rabbit hole i went down a research rabbit hole i found one study about cortisol and if anyone is not familiar cortisol is a stress hormone so our body produces cortisol in response to something stressful like you know a work deadline or your boss chewing you out but it also produces cortisol in response to positive stuff like training. It produces cortisol in response to food. So I figured out that it's all about balancing this cortisol level. And cortisol, it's like filling up like a two liter bottle of water. You know, there's ways to reduce our cortisol level and there's ways to increase our cortisol level. And mm -hmm. so if we just add training into a mix of that, say if we think of our stress as 99% at its capacity, but then we add training into this, we're putting ourselves over capacity and that's how we end up breaking down. That's how we end up being unhappy. So our coaching and my studies focused a lot on ways that we can reduce our cortisol level. How can we reduce that level of stress? So now we can add back in positive stuff like training and things like meditation, cold therapy, light therapy, grounding. These are like essential things that I would recommend everybody to be doing. And most of them are free, which is the amazing thing, which is probably why they don't get marketed also. Yeah, well, it's it's funny you say that because in my journey and my research as well, I've I've come across you know the Iceman half and Headspace and things like that. So I've I've started to read more about those benefits of meditation and, and taking cold showers, uh, you know, journaling, or all of these free things that really have positive impacts on on people, but people just tend not to do. Um, but it's interesting that because um, I didn't know anything about I mean, obviously, I've heard of cortisol, but I didn't have any kind of idea about how it affected you. And I'm certainly going to do a bit more research about that. Um, like I would definitely encourage like yourself and other listeners as they're approaching 50 to control your morning routine. And it's one of the most powerful things I learned on this journey. So this isn't a cycling specific thing. This is just a, us looking after our mental health and our happiness and helping ourselves live a little longer morning routine and the power of this so especially in this internet era we're in we all live such crazy unpredictable lives and you open your email inbox and your email inbox be, it's effectively someone else's to-do list for your day so yeah. you're into responsive mode all, all the time but if you have a morning routine that you nail down and it can be as simple as waking up 30 minutes earlier and you take a three minute cold shower like the benefits of three minute culture are on mental health, on melting away body fat are immense. And also it creates this amazing momentum because you're starting the day doing something you really don't want to do. So it's this idea of swallowing the frog, eat the frog early. Yeah. And now, like Tony Robbins said, the last 35 years, he's woke up every morning and he started his day jumping into a cold ice bath. And he said not one single day in the last 35 years has he wanted to get into that ice bath. Yeah. 
but he does it because doing something uncomfortable, there's a discipline to it and it starts your day. It starts the momentum going on your day. And if you can accomplish that, it rolls on to the next task. So I, I start every day with a three minute cold shower. I try and drink at least 500 ml of water, salt and lemon mixed into it because your body's just crying out for hydration and salts after the night. So starting with a coffee is literally the worst thing you can do because it's going to dehydrate you straight away. Yeah. Then I meditate for 10 minutes and after that I journal for 10 minutes and that's my morning routine and I have that nailed. So before I go on into responsive mode, checking Instagram notifications, Twitter notifications, I'm controlling my happiness for the day. Now I'm setting myself up on a much better platform to tackle these difficulties that will come my way during the day. Mm-hmm. That's that, that that's uh, really good advice, and and it's something. Um, the the cold shower I'm trying to get into. I do warm, and I start off warm, and then I do a little bit of uh, cold at the end. But it, it does kind of give me this um, this mental. Um, boost if you like and while I'm doing it I kind of like I started doing this silly little mantra where I was going I can do anything I can do anything I can do anything as I'm going in the cold water and it kind of like helps me to withstand the cold water but I suppose at the same time you're kind of telling yourself you know you are what you tell yourself kind of thing and you know if I'm telling myself I can do anything then in the long term I'm going to start to believe that and you know hopefully believe that I can do anything and take on all kinds of different projects and uh, and things and have the confidence to do that. 100%. Like an interesting uh, uh, task is when you're procrastinating about going for a run, going to the gym, going to the bike for a bike ride, whatever your activity of choice, if you actually just set your recorder on your iPhone and you record the reasons as to why you're procrastinating, my God, you sound like such a pussy when you listen back to it. You're like, <laughs> what, what? Like, I'm not going to the gym because I'm my legs are a bit tired because I had a call a bad day. Because you just like listen back to it and you're like, oh my God, search your life out and get to the gym. <laughs> That's amazing. I really like that. I'm going to try that. I'm I definitely. Never, I would never have the balls to share my recording with it. <laughs> Definitely. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to recommend for everyone listening to this to do that as well. Next time you're putting it off to do your exercise or whatever task it is you got to do, record yourself and uh, the reasons why you're not doing it. That's brilliant. That is absolute uh, gold. That is. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, you're, so you're now kind of, you feel like you're back on track now. What, what are you doing cycling? Have you given up cycling or are you still cycling? And what are you doing in, you know, with your projects now? Are you just focused on the, the one thing or are you still doing multiple Project. So I focused on uh, just one thing now. So uh, we spoke off air about this concept. So you get to a point in your life where you're in a phase of your life. I call it the growth phase. And like right now, podcasts are so amazing. And I people out there are listening to so many podcasts, consume, 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 read as many books as we can, as many educational things as we can. And we want to grow. But growth in itself is a very selfish pursuit. And you hit a plateau of growth and you can't push through that plateau. So I found that the way to push past that plateau, it's to shift from growth to contribution. So Mm. I'd hit a plateau with cycling. And when I stepped to the side, and now I'm using these stuff like cold, like heat, intermittent fasting, and getting people to be a little happier, a little healthier through cycling. Now I'm making contribution. And ironically, 
by stepping away from growth and shifting to contribution, it's allowed me to push past that growth ceiling myself and I've grown to a completely new level. So mm-hmm. I'm actually back racing as an amateur in Ireland. I'm trying to qualify for Tokyo 2021. It sounds weird saying 2021 after it was postponed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm doing that on the tandem with a buddy of mine who's visually impaired. So we're kind of tracking towards that at the moment. I think we we're eighth in the world championships in Canada last June. So uh, a bit of work to do, but uh, but that's the plan. But honestly, it's for for me, it's it's not about the destination. Tokyo's the destination. It's about just having fun along the way, and Absolutely. you know, back enjoying riding the bike, back healthy, and and able to contribute through roadman cycling and just help people that are struggling in their own life and just you know i believe i got very lucky with the mentor i had and having listened to that tim ferris talk and a lot of things fell into place for me mm-hmm. and i feel like someone could have went through the exact same situation and just given up on it and lost that vision for themselves and i just really you know it makes no financial sense for me to be cycling coaching like if i wanted to make cash it's back to law it's an easy one but it's not about that it's about being a small part of someone's story like i went to a wedding in holland last year and it was i say it was a friend got married he was a coaching client that we've i've become great friends with and listening to him giving his speech at the end and talking about what an impact it had had on his life and his happiness and it gave him the confidence to meet his wife and i just thought you know what not in like a any sort of arrogant way but i'm a small little part of this guy's journey a small little part of this guy's narrative and a really positive part of it and for me that's really why i'm still in this as corny as that sounds yeah well how much do you think this is you know happiness and all of this kind of stuff has got to do with confidence it's something that i'm thinking about quite a lot at the moment about you know how we, when we go down this this kind of path into middle age and and you kind of let your dreams kind of slide away and you start putting on weight and and i think little by little your your confidence does start to like ebb away doesn't it you know you lose confidence in in yourself that you lose confidence in your appearance i think having something like like cycling or or sport or how do you think that that can you know give confidence back to people yeah, 100%. I think Helen Keller had a quote saying, life is a daring adventure or nothing at all. And we've all become so sterile, you know, sitting in our car in traffic on the way into work, sitting in our cubicle and work staring at a screen. Like these are all recent innovations. Like we weren't built to do this. We're built to be outside in the elements. We're built to be ancestral hunter style gatherers. And we're so far removed from that. So I think anything we can do to get us back closer to that, it helps happiness it helps mm. our confidence and it's you know like this idea of being fat like th- this is a real new concept so so the audience who are perhaps you know middle-aged guys who are you know 40 55 uh, who are thinking about getting into cycling you know what do you think cycling can can do for them obviously we, we know it's a it's a healthy but you know what, what would you say to someone who's thinking about getting into cycling you know, I just love cycling because it's been so many different things for me. When I started out, cycling was, it was really a utility. It was getting in and out to college. It was commuting to football training. Then as I went to become a pro, the bike became a tool for me. But now as I transition into the sort of the next phase of my life, pushing towards the middle age phase in my life, it's really, it's such a social outlet for me now. And I'm, mm-hmm. 
get to see amazing places around the world. I've meet amazing people and I couldn't be more thankful for the bike coming into my life. And I think everybody has this, like you can't go and join your local football team if you're 47 years old. You know, go go try it if you want, but the 17-year-old is going to kick chunks out of you. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, right. but cycling is such a beautiful sport that we can do all the way through life. It's low impact. It's an amazing way to lose weight. But for me, it's the community around cycling that's really the key. Yeah. I think it's such an awesome community. And when you come in at the start, like we have this, we call it the roadman journey through cycling. And it tries to, you know, the, our very start points a kickstart. And we say that meets you at the gate. It brings people in wherever they are. But it brings them on this journey through cycling. And Tony Robbins speaks all the time about this one thing we need to be happy. And it's not material goods. It's not confidence. It's not ideal body weight. It's it's progress. And yeah. for me, that's what cycling offers. It offers the ability to be better next week than you are this week, to be better next month than you are this month. So it has progress in built in it. And for me, that's the central reason why cycling is such a valuable tool for health, happiness and longevity. Perfect. I actually bought myself a bike, secondhand one, about two months ago. Haven't owned a bike for about 20 years. And uh, I signed up to do a triathlon. Uh, now, it actually got cancelled about two days ago. It was due to go ahead in three weeks. I was going to do the triathlon because I'm petrified of swimming, and especially in the sea and deep water. And so, I, I, of course, I signed myself up for a triathlon. So I gave myself a really big goal. And I was in the pool really training hard i was like shit i need to get a bike as well so like um i live in barcelona so i've got quite a few nice little rides around here and um i went out and did 20 only 20k last sunday because i was going to do the super sprint you know the little one because i thought if i try and swim any more than 350 meters i'm absolutely sure to drown so um so uh so i was only you know the bike was only going to be 10k so i thought you know i can do 10k on a bike because the kind of sport that i've been my default has been running so i got up to a half marathon uh just before covid hit nice um, i'd gone from 5k's to 10k's to half marathons and so but i actually really enjoyed getting out on the bike it was like because I bought the bike and then we went away, for, you know, holidays and things like that. We didn't really get much chance. So I actually got out for the first time last weekend and did 20K on, on the bike. And, uh, oh, my God, my, did I feel it in my backside the next day? It was a nightmare. Well, so, so I'm not sure if you know, but you're close to, like, the cycling mecca of the world. So Girona. Girona in Spain is, like, the place for cycling. So I try and get over there, like, four or five times a year if I can. It's just the best riding in the world. Yeah, well, next time you come over, you're going to have to tell me so so that we can hook up and you can yeah. uh, take me for a ride. My, my, my sister-in-law is actually a huge cycling fanatic, and uh, she comes over to Girona uh, regularly as well. And um, so if you just well, just before we wrap up, uh, say thank you very much for coming on the podcast. And if you just want to leave us with some details about how people can get in touch with you if they're interested in your cycling coaching. Yeah, 100%, Mike. So it's roadmancycling.com is the coaching company. And I suppose what I've become known for recently, it's the Roadman Cycling Podcast. So I've been interviewing some of the biggest names in cycling and getting their insights, you know, about the Tour de France, about cycling as a tool for health, happiness and longevity. So, yeah, check out either of those. And, you know, I'm sure you'll the social is linked up through our website to the various social places that you need to be these days. Awesome. Thank you so much, Anthony, for, for taking the time out to speak to us here at Smashing 50. And uh, so, yeah, don't forget, folks, uh, Anthony is a cycling coach. 
and you can find them at roadmancycling.com and you check out the Roadman Cycling podcast which talks about all things cycling at uh, and you can find his podcast at Roadman Cycling so awesome so I hope you all enjoyed that and uh, join me here again soon for, for another podcast cheers smashing50.com health, fitness and personal development for middle aged men <laughs>